Um, by the way, are we hiring anybody for the BizDev team right now? Yeah, like we've been trying to hire someone from like October probably, and uh, we've hired one person, but we're looking for at least one more. One more, and what what are you looking for? Like position or like more about the person? What kind of person do you want on the team? Uh, like probably someone who knows English like real well, someone who is uh, talkative, who is easy to who is easy in communications with people, who can build relationships, network like somebody like that, and probably someone who can do manual work and isn't getting tired of it like in two minutes. Well, good. I think that's a good place to start. So if you're interested in joining the business development team with Artyom, my guest today is Artyom Gorodievsky. Gorodievsky. My guest today is Artyom Gorodievsky from the business development team here at Parallect. Welcome back to Ship It and Sip It. We had to take a small delay, a little break, because a lot of our dear, dear friends, including myself, are getting sick with Omicron. So. We're over that, but we're feeling great. We're having tea today because we're healthy. Um, and news this week, there's a lot of news about the new R&D team within Parallect. Mm -hmm. You have friends that are working on the team. What do you think about the team and how's it gonna work together with you guys to make Parallect's uh, initial um, relationship with founders better, stronger, more? valuable uh, I think that the most important point would be that we'll be working faster like we have a team of four people who are really good at what they're doing and when founders are coming to us we'll be able to uh, talk to them faster so we need a pre-sale we can do it like in a few days instead of doing it a few weeks if we need to create designs we have Sergey who is really good at it he'll make a prototype in like a day two three like whatever and the main point is that we'll be doing everything faster and better. Plus, we won't be taking our people from other projects to do a pre-sale. So, for example, is a person working on a project X, we're asking him, hey, could you help us with the pre-sale? He's like, yeah, like, I can try. And he's splitting his time between two projects, and that's kind of inefficient, both for the project and for the pre-sale, so this team would be like an experts that can do everything on their own and they can do it fast. So essentially founders are getting a cool service that is working better and faster. Sweet, and in terms of who is on the R&D team, we have Volva Pentelev, who I interviewed here on the, mm -hmm. on the show last summer. We have Sergey, the designer. We have Alex Gorgon, who is a product manager. Yeah. And, and Evgeny. Evgeny is the developer yes. who can engineer anything out of code. So uh, the first thing that, that, that you're going to see from the R&D team is the hackathon next month. It's in the middle of March, tentatively scheduled for March 18th, 17th, and 18th. And it's going to center around Web3 AR, VR, and machine learning, and you're going to try and bring some teams together from within Parallect and build a product in two days, and then we're going to have a pitch competition, there's going to be a winner, there's going to be pizza, there'll probably be beer in the evening, it'll be very fun, uh, and I heard that you want to take part. Yeah. So, who's on your team, and what do you guys want to build? 
So currently I have in my team Pavel Kalugin and uh, Evgeny Chuban. Like we're a small team of three people. We've had a few ideas. One of them was related to creating uh, a product within VR that would be like, for example, I have been to the gym. I have seen a person w watching some videos on how to do a certain exercise. And I thought like, eh, that's not that good. And he'd be better like having a VR thing that's going to show me him how to do something. But later I found out on Hubbard that there is a technology for that already. Yeah. And some cool people like data scientists or somebody else has created something. So that probably won't be the idea that we are going to be working on. But there's a, there's a startup here that does that for yoga. Oh, yeah? Uh, from, from Minsk, yeah. Uh, Xenia, if mm. I remember correctly. They're, they've been on the market for, they have an app on the market for a couple of years. Seems to be pretty cool. Yeah, but maybe we'll do something for yoga to be their competitor, but who knows? <laughs> All right. Well, I look forward to the hackathon. I'm glad that you're taking part. It's going to be exciting. It's the first time Parallax done a hackathon. And as uh, Vladimir said when he introduced the idea on the CEO evening show, it is open to everyone here, no matter whether you're uh, an engineer or a designer or, or just anyone within Parallect. And hopefully we'll grow it in the future to bring in uh, teams from outside as well. So that's really fun. Tell us about the idea validation process in the Venture Studio, because right now the first sprint is kind of wrapping up. Um, the one idea that came out of it was Hug Fair, which is a travel planning mm -hmm. platform where people from different cities can plan a trip to one destination together and sort of synchronize both time and cost in an easy way. I'm excited about that idea. I hope it, it turns into a real product someday because it's something that happens. You know, if you move around, uh, like, like I have, I've moved to different countries and I have friends that I've left mm -hmm. in different places and you know, you lose touch, it'd be great to have a, a good platform to sync up. But you were working on the other idea which didn't sort of make it out. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that process. What did you learn um, and what was your role on the team? So essentially it was an idea within music industry. We've thought like there are a lot of musicians. It is very hard for them to make their living. They've had a different streams of income and they've had to like hustle to make their money. We thought that there are some problems in the process and we could introduce them to a platform that would help them earn money. But during our research, We've uh, learned about many competitors like Bandcamp, like Spotify in some sense, and other streaming platforms that there are already many platforms that help you do that. And we weren't sure that we could create something like competitive without spending a lot of time. Also, there are some regulation issues, like there are special departments within those companies uh, working on licensing, copyright, and we thought that there is, it is really difficult to do something like that. But uh, our process was quite simple. We've uh, initially uh, narrowed down our idea, what we wanted to do. Then we researched some competitors, researched uh, to whom could we talk to, like different influences, musicians. Uh, we found some on the Bandcamp platform, reached out to them through Instagram. Some of them answered, but Mostly yeah. they ignored us, yeah. but there, are, there were a few people who wanted to talk to us. 
maybe like one, two, three people, not much, but still. But uh, we started on Monday and by the Friday we were like, eh, the idea is fine, but it would take us a lot of time. And there weren't people in our team who like were musicians and most importantly, who were musicians in the US or Europe. Like we have friends who are musicians, but they are in Belarus, Russia, somewhere like close to us. And problems in the United States or Europe uh, differ from like Russia and Belarus by, by a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seems like well, one of those industries where it would be hard to start with a small product and really get traction. But I'm glad that you guys tried and it sounds like you at least learned something about that industry um, in the process. But you've been part of these sprints since they started last fall. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious, uh, what are some general high level learnings that you've found along the way as you've tried to discover ideas, talk with potential um, users, talk with, with people in these different niches about exploring the problem and, and the possible solutions. Yeah. For me personally, I've came to a conclusion that we should be studying on something like niche because uh, uh, we think that it could be a great idea, but in reality, for every great idea, there is a product already, like with exceptions, but those exceptions are disruptive ideas that are hard to build and require expertise. So more often than not, you could try going for a smaller market, like something very niche within music, maybe some like, drummers or maybe even like smaller, and focusing on that niche and building a product that will solve their problem. So I don't know what problems do drummers have, but probably they have many. And if we were to solve this very little problem for them, we could get the market of drummers and then move to the bigger market and slowly but steadily build a product that would be adhering to the needs of a broad audience. Uh, amongst other things, uh, another option would be starting with a bigger market, but at the same time with a simpler idea. We would be solving something really simple but painful and there is a problem that something simple uh, is already solved more mm -hmm. often than not and it's really about finding an idea finding the problem and finding the right uh, solution to the problem right well one of your teammates from the the venture studio said artem has his own vision on the problem versus solution thinking he digs very deep into the problem and starts from there so why what is your vision? Tell us about it. And why is it uh, always sort of problem first? Uh, because when we're building product, we're building product for people. And those people do not really need that product. They need their problem solved. And while solving their problems, they have uh, various options. For example, if you're trying to go to another country, you're moving to another country, not because like you like this country, but you dislike something in your country or see something in another country that you can get in your country, if that makes sense. So essentially, you could solve your problem by doing something different within your country or move to country X or Y, or maybe you could like uh, think about the problems you have and understand that it's not really a problem. In, in my opinion, we're trying not to create a product uh, just for the sake of it, we're trying to solve the problem. And to understand the problem, we have to understand the person really well. Mm -hmm. and understand that he may use that product or another product. We may have direct competitors and indirect competitors. And for me, maybe in general, it's easier to work on things when I understand how they work. Like, for example, when I've been 
learning IT, I've like um, read about what is assembler, what is like laptop, how it works, like and different things that help me understand how the things work and that helps me in my work. Interesting. All right. Another question from the same teammate. Uh, you have been working as a sort of PM or business analyst in an internal project here. It's under the code name Ask Parallect. Is that going to be the final name of the no. product? No. Okay. Is it a secret? I mean, it will be called Parallect World. Ah, Parallect World. Yeah. Right. All right. What is Parallect World and how is it going to help sort of all of our teammates? So essentially, uh, for the first iteration, it will be a simple product. For example, you don't like have 30 vacations that you've saved over like three years, but you don't know that because uh, you've taken 10 days in the first year, two days in the second year, and you have no idea how many days you have left. And uh, currently, you would probably like check your calendar, make a lot of calculations, or ask Karina, how many days do I have? But with the product, you'll be able to open the app and you'll see how many vacation days you have, how many day offs you have, how many you've spent in the year X, and it will be essentially easy for you to understand how much, how many days you can take and when you can take it. Well, that sounds very useful. And maybe, you know, after in version 2.0, we can sort of uh, open up a marketplace where we, where we can, you know, bid on each mm -hmm. other's days off and sell them on the secondary mm -hmm. market. Trade them for bitcoins, all that good for stuff. Sure, for yeah. sure. All right, I'm not sure that's legal. It's probably a bad idea. All right, let's talk about automation mm -hmm. because since you joined Parallect about a year ago, you have been on a mission to automate all things within the business development uh, team. So, uh, what has that looked like? What have you achieved so far, and why why does it help your team? do things better? I mean, I wouldn't call it a mission because I came to Parallect and I saw the opportunity and like closer to the end of Startup Summer, I've had an opportunity to work on that idea. And essentially we've built a platform uh, automating some of the processes within lead generation, whereas we were using Upwork for some of the sales processes. And we've built a platform that uh, automate the process of finding the leads and essentially scores leads for us. So we won't have to go through 300 postings. We will have like those 300 postings, but scored in the manner that's useful for us. For example, we see a posting and have a score like of 100, 90, 80, something like that. And it makes us more efficient. Whereas we won't have to spend two hours and gain the same result and we'll, we'll be able to spend like an hour and have the same result, for example. All right, well, I'm glad that it saves you time. And it sounds like, as, as far as the startup summer, it seemed like the um, onboarding process worked really smoothly. You guys got to work together to use, what was it, Zapier? You mm -hmm. tried to, we have a blog post about it. You tried a few different yeah. tools to make the onboarding flow for the applicants uh, smooth and easy. So let's imagine you're working on a small business-to-business -business product team and you wanted to automate this process in a similar way at a very early stage. What kind of tools would you use, would you recommend for them to start out? Because I think for founders in B2B, there are a lot of them. This is a hot you know, niche, B2B SaaS. And they want to automate as much as possible because they're busy people. They have other things to do. 
What, what can you do to help them save time, make the whole process quicker? Uh, first of all, I'd say that you don't really have uh, a need to automate everything because you should automate only the things that can scale well. Because in the beginning, you have to do a lot of things that do not scale, and there is no point in automating it. But as soon as you get some results and you think there's a cool process that we can automate, there are like a million tools for that, starting from Zapier and like Tilda, Webflow, and many, many more. It also depends on your tech knowledge because there are products that are more tech-oriented, like Retool, or maybe at some point Bubble, and there are easier alternatives like Zapier. You just have to click like three buttons. Uh, you'll just have to know what is an API key and where to put it. That's about it. All right. Outreach is an important part of both our biz dev process and the, um, the Venture Studio mm -hmm. idea validation sprints. And the people that you've done this outreach with have told me that you're quite good at it. Um, both in terms of you know making interesting messages, testing experiments with the copy, et cetera, et cetera, mm -hmm. finding the right channels to reach people. Um, what have you learned uh, along the way to sort of make this better? So the main conclusion I've came to so far is like uh, outreach tools are just tools. You can do it through email, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever. That doesn't really matter. The most important part for me is understanding your target audience, who you need, why they would be interested in using your product, uh, what is the problem they you, you having, what are the problems they have to solve. So essentially, it's about understanding your audience. It uh, it's very hard in the beginning when you have just an idea, and it takes a lot of time to master that knowledge, and you'll essentially have to do a lot of research talking to people, understanding them, and making some hypotheses, testing them, and then going to the conclusions. And for me personally, uh, I think it's all about the people and their use cases. It's not about like sending a million of LinkedIn messages or going to email, because at the end of the day, if you're sending a lot of messages, it's going to be spam if you do not have value in them. Mm -hmm. So can you share with us maybe a little bit of what you've learned about our potential uh, partners and founders throughout this process uh, about our audience. What, can we, what do we need to, to understand about uh, these people and sort of our ideal partners for long-term products? So the most ideal would be somebody with previous startup experience, like maybe some exits or acquisitions. And those people usually, there is uh, a old client of ours who recently came back to us with an idea. He have sold his pr previous company, has been working on his idea for quite some time and is seeing success now. And what I've noticed is that the team that he currently has is mostly, uh, con consists mostly of the people whom he worked with before. And f for me, I think that founders are usually sticking with their team. They've created one product, then they're going to create another product. And in my opinion, a team really matters because you should be comfortable with whom you're working and what are you working. And considering the ideal, like in the sales, it's called ideal customer profiles, yeah. already in, also in marketing. And uh, for us, those are the people with previous experience with startups. 
and they should be passionate about their products and they should know what they are doing. Because sometimes, especially with younger founders, uh, they've seen like some movies and they think, oh, I got this cool idea and nobody has done it and I'm ready to do this. But in reality, a lot of ideas you have aren't worth that much because somebody has already done that. Or maybe your idea seems cool on paper, but in reality, it's too hard to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there are people with ideas all the time, but uh, as we talked about outside of the show, like um, startups can take a long time yeah. to really take off. Um, one example would be Airbnb that we were discussing. And I wanted to ask just about in terms of the two-week sprints that we're doing, um, it feels like maybe we're, I don't want to say leaving something on the table, but uh, it might take, you know, uh, six months for a product to really gain some traction or at least get that passionate user base that's willing to share it to sort mm -hmm. of start that circle of happy users sharing, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, what do you think about that and um, how... How can we approach this in a sustainable way, I mm -hmm. guess, is, is I think the question. two weeks is a really short period, but it helps us to validate the idea to a certain degree. So we won't be like 100% sure that this is a product that's going to be like huge, but we'll have an understanding that there are a few people at least who are interested in the product and understanding the problem, we could make a decision whether we'd like to discover the solution further. So it's like an initial step. And in my opinion, two weeks is a really small period of time. And in the beginning, that's better than nothing. But in the long run, we should be working probably on a, a longer period, for example. And also I think that the two week time can work, but we should have dedicated people, maybe even a team for working full time on the idea. Because currently we have a lot of people who are interested in it and we're like educating them on how to do that. But in ideal world, there should be people who are working full-time, they have the needed experience, they know what is market research for this product development. So they will be able to like spend 80 hours in two weeks and come to a conclusion that isn't just like, oh, I feel like it, but rather a market research with some data that backs their conclusions. For sure. And I'm not trying to downplay what you guys are doing there. It's very exciting. And I think it is laying a very good sort of foundation of experimentation with regards mm -hmm. to products and all of the experience that you guys gain there and uh, everyone gains there um, will help us to, to improve in the future and see what happens as an evolution from these two experiments. So keep it up. It's super cool. And I love that, you know, in the Slack channel for the Venture Studio, there's what, 30 people already? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people that want to learn more about this. Mm -hmm. We have workshops almost every week or twice a week now about it. And it's very exciting to see people sharing their ideas and trying out new roles within it, which is the other yeah. really cool. It's really cool because we have a lot of people who are like, they haven't entrepreneurial mind, they want to test ideas, they want to know how to build them. It's really cool that we have a lot of people who like doing exciting things and that really helps Parallect growing new talents, building products and uh, being good at what we're doing. For sure. 
All right, let's go back to outreach. I wanted to ask a sort of uh, greedy question. Um, so what, what are some key things that you've learned from uh, talking with different potential founders? Um, I want to get some like golden nuggets so that we can use it in, on the marketing side to uh, solve their pain points before you guys even get to them. Mm, that would be ideal, but from what I've learned, everyone is different and some of the problems are similar for those people, but there is like no secret rule how to do X or Y and it's more about experimenting, iterations and living in a very agile way. And I think that is also preferable for founders working with partners who are very agile in, them, in their doings mm-hmm. uh, because uh, more often than not, people are living like, with a script. They're reading something and doing something. And f- f- being uh, iterative, it helps you to be um, different. You can do different things, you can test different things and you can come to different conclusions. Yeah, it's interesting. It's one of the things that we repeat a lot in what what we put out there in the marketing side is that you know we've done uh, so many products over so many years and we have a framework for this. But really, to me, it, it is a framework that is a framework of experimentation. It's not like, okay, mm-hmm. we found this product, it's a B2B SaaS, so we're going to follow this roadmap and that's very much like it seems like waterfall for like a recipe to make a product Um, and what it really is all about like you said is uh, experimentation more than anything sure all right so we're agile we're ready to play it always depends the answer is always it depends yes for sure (laughs) Um, that's my twitter thread it's just here's how to make a great product it depends (laughs) All right, what are you excited? You're a very inquisitive person, so I want to know what are you excited about learning or trying to improve at in this year because we're still at the beginning of the year. We all have goals, we all have dreams for 2022. What are some of yours? Goals are cool, but I wish I had more time in a day. But probably I'll focus like on design things like UX, UI maybe some coding because it's something I've wanted to learn. It's not something that I would be doing full time because I think it would be boring for me mm-hmm. and I'm not really that good at like backend stuff. Right. And I'm not really good at the front end stuff as a matter of fact, <laughs> but still and I probably No code is there for you. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean no code is also hard. Like bubble isn't something that you can learn in one day. Yeah. You'll have to study and so no code, low code, but still you'll have to learn quite a few things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, and uh, our last guest, Leno, was talking about that as well. It's, it's a process, yeah. but even Webflow is just... I mean, Webflow isn't easy. Like, no. tilde is, is easy, but Webflow, no. Yeah. All right. Uh, what Igor told me to ask you about mm-hmm. no code for this year, because it's such a hot topic. Um, what are some of the tools that you want to learn or get better at or some things you want to try and build with no-code tools? So Igor also shared with me a book on no-code tools. I haven't had yet a chance to read it, but it is in my backlog. And I'm probably want to try, I've already tried Tilda this year and it seems easy and really fast and like I like it so far. 
I would also like to try software that's like uh, Airtable type of app that is automating some of the processes you have in Airtable. Also, I'd like to try Bubble and everything else. Everything. <laughs> to be All right. Well, keep us informed about what you're learning and how you're using it, um, because it's really it's it's amazing what you can do with a lot of these tools, and it's also something that I would like to learn more about. So maybe we can team up and compare notes at some mm -hmm. point. Speaking of books, another one of your teammates asked you, what is your favorite book and why in three words? So I guess the title does not count in the three words, but uh, the why is in three words. Your teammates are really mean. Yeah, I, I really think I know who've asked this question. And with books, I usually read books that are gifted to me. Uh -huh. And I have a problem because usually I'm getting like one, two books a year and I can read it in a few days. But in this year I've already got six books. Oh man. And I've started one, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. It's about Nike and how the company grew. And I've started it, but it's going really slow. And about favorite books, I don't really know. Um, I've read recently, like a few years ago, Three Musketeers. It's like it's kind of a childish book, um, but I liked it, and uh, I don't know why, like, adventures. It's something that I liked in my life uh, at a certain point, and now I kind of changed that, and I have, like, more adventures in my life, but still this is a book that I sometimes remember that I read, and I feel, oh, cool book. All right, Three Musketeers, Adventures. Awesome. All right, well, I think that's about all the questions I have for you, but I would like to ask one more that is not on the list, and sure. I would ask you for a recommendation for two people to invite to Ship mm. It and Sip It in the future. Who would you like to see in the hot seat? So I'd like to see Alex Gorgon, but I think that he may decline because he isn't like really a public person, but I'd like to talk, I'd like to see you talk to him because he knows a lot of stuff and he has a, like a cool background. He's done a lot of different things and I would be curious to learn more about that. And probably I'd like to hear talk to Anton Sapluk mm -hmm. because uh, he likes books and maybe you'll have a better chance talking to him about books. All right. Well, both of them are on the, on the to-do list for me. Um, hopefully, Anton and uh, Alex, I'll, I'll be writing to you soon to get you on the show. And final question that I like to ask a lot of people, because we work in products and because, you know, we think about this stuff all the time, uh, what are some of your favorite products that you use almost every day, top two or three, and why do you love them? Uh, I'm listening quite to quite a bit of music and usually doing through Spotify and that's probably the product I like but I can't say a lot because there are some problems like you can't buy subscriptions through mobile you'll have to go to web or at least that's was a problem for me also I kind of like Notion and especially I like the applications that have a desktop version and Notion is one of them maybe I'm kind of old school person because I download everything on desktop but that's the thing I like and the second product, uh, Notion Spotify. But probably 
the reason a product that I really, really love because they all have the ups and downs and I'm probably probably in the search of something that I love too much. Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Spotify works. I'm glad that it's actually here because it wasn't for a long time. Um, the one weird thing I always find with music and uh, podcast apps is they're, on mobile version, they're very location dependent. Like, mm -hmm. I have never typed in a Russian singer or a Russian podcast yeah. into either Spotify or my podcast app. But the suggestions are all in Russian. I'm like, you guys don't get that. I, I don't listen to Russian stuff. Like, maybe I should. It'll improve my language, blah, blah, blah. But, like, you're a smart yeah. thing. You learn from what people listen to. Like, I don't want to listen to that. Anyway, yeah. small rant. All right. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope that you had a great week. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Everybody out there, keep an eye out for news from the Hackathon and other hot news on our social media channels and ship it and sip it. Cut.